What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. This is a sports ethos presentation, and I am your host, Joe Orico. You can hit me up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Those two accounts are where we post out all of our fantasy baseball and baseball content. And heading into the offseason and into next year, it's just going to keep ramping up more and more as we bring on more people here at Sports Ethos to produce baseball content. So please do go follow at EthosFantasyBB and send me a DM if you are one of those people who might be interested in producing content next season, whether it be articles, podcasts, something that maybe we haven't even thought of that you're interested in and it's to do with sports, fantasy sports. We are interested in hearing from you, so please do reach out either at JoeOrico99 or at Dan Bespris. Those are the two accounts we'd like you to reach out to. Now, one more little announcement before we get going today. For those of you who play fantasy basketball, and I'm thinking there's a decent little overlap here. Uh, some of you guys might have been sent to my show from Dan Bespris. You heard about me through him. And in that case, you are definitely into fantasy basketball and maybe even more so just a sports ethos fan. Well, big reason why you probably would be a sports ethos fan is because of the Brewski 150, which is our leader Aaron Brewski's rankings of his top 150 players for the season. And Brew just released that literally like yesterday or the day before, but right now it is discounted. You get the first month for free when you go onto the website and use the code BRUPON, B-R-U-P-O-N at sportsethos.com for the sports, for the ethos 360 you get your first month free. So you save yourself 20 bucks there. If you were going to get it anyway, you should get it today while that discount is still active. So go to sportsethos.com, the Ethos 360 membership, and the code B-R-U-P-O-N. You get your first month free. If you're going to do it anyway, you might as well do it today. But we will move on and talk about some actual baseball stuff. You guys are here for the baseball, and I won't let you down for any more than the two minutes I already have here today. We're going to be talking about some of yesterday's stuff just briefly. We're going to be mostly focusing, like we did yesterday, on today's pitchers and today's hot pickups, because I think that is more pertinent at this time of year. But I do want to say, for those of you who might have missed the show yesterday, I was in the building yesterday for Aaron Judge to hit his 61st home run. You can check it out on my Twitter. I got not the greatest of videos from the 500 level. I was recording like pretty much every pitch uh, that was coming into Aaron Judge. And when Tim Mesa came in the game, you kind of knew, okay, it's a tie game here. It's a lefty. I don't... It's, it's a, it was... You could kind of tell there was kind of a vibe where and you saw it on Twitter. If you see Blue Jays tweets like this is kind of asking for trouble here against Aaron Judge. And lo and behold, he hit a home run. I was recording it and then I tried to stand up while I was recording it. I shook the camera for a split second there. I'm really pissed off at myself, but we're still in the building for history. It's a it's a great time. Obviously, if he had hit 62 as well, I mean, the Jays lost anyway. I would have been fine with him hitting 62, breaking that record. I think it's kind of nice, honestly, that Toronto gave him a standing ovation. I don't know if this was a reverse situation. Like, let's say Vlad Guerrero was doing this in Yankee Stadium. Would they have given him a round of applause? I doubt it, personally. But that's just the good-natured uh, way that Toronto people, Canadian people, are in general. And you don't see that so much uh, with New Yorkers. I don't know. It's kind of a curious hypothetical. Hopefully, it won't be a hypothetical forever. Hopefully, one day, Vladdy will break that record. But we're not going to just sit here and talk about Blue Jays and Yankees all day. As much as I could. I, I really, truly could talk about Blue Jays and Yankees for probably the entire day, a couple of podcasts. I could probably you know, do a Blue Jays podcast, which I've talked about here in the past of doing something Blue Jays-centric, although if someone is interested in doing that like, you know, imminently, please do reach out and you guys can go ahead and run free with it. But maybe somewhere down the line, I'll do something that's a little bit more focused on the Blue Jays. But what we're going to do today, there's a couple of early games that started fairly early on today, 1 o'clock, I think was the earliest start. Uh, White Sox, Twins, Royals, Tigers, and Orioles, Red Sox. 
We're not going to focus on those games. We're going to focus on tonight mostly and talk about the pitchers who are going tonight, who you can stream in, what kind of batters make sense to be streaming in as well this time of year. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cut out with the time wasting and get right into the actionable fantasy content here. This first game we're going to be talking about tonight is Philadelphia and Chicago. It's actually this afternoon, but we're going to be looking at Ranger Suarez and Javier Assad. Ranger Suarez... I really, honestly, this season, I was worried about drafting him because last year was so good down the stretch, but he's turned in a decent year, 10-5 and five record, a 3.38 ERA. Not that many strikeouts, but Ranger Suarez has been a very, very serviceable add. Now, I know we're pretty close to first pitch by the time I'm recording this. Odds are you can't really make a move here uh, regarding Ranger Suarez, but he should be a pretty strong option here today against the Cubs. The Cubs are really not that impressive of a team and they're not throwing out a great starter today Javier Assad he's uh, he's not been so great in his uh, time in the bigs this season 27 innings a 428 ERA uh, 157 whip just hasn't really been that impressive he's also walked 17 batters in 27 innings so from that perspective I think it's a decent chance that we're going to see Ranger Suarez pull a win here probably not get you so many strikeouts but I- I'm really liking Philadelphia in this matchup they're very heavily favored I'd be totally cool with starting Suarez, but Assad on the other side, I think, is probably a little bit too risky. That's the last of the afternoon games, and then this evening, we start off at 6 o'clock. We got Jeffrey Springs and Cal Quantrill. I think both of these guys should be pretty fine to start. Cal Quantrill has been one of the bigger, I mean, maybe not surprises, because we were expecting maybe some kind of decent year from him, but a 14-5 and record, a 349 ERA, that's pretty damn good stuff from Cal Quantrill recently. He's been pretty serviceable as well. I know these last couple of games, we haven't seen that many strikeouts, just four and two. But we saw six and seven before that. We have seen him touch that kind of range a few times this year, six, seven strikeouts. And it's Tampa Bay's offense that is, like we talked about, whether it was yesterday or the day before, not the scariest of offenses. They're more so just a good, well-rounded team other than you know an offensive juggernaut. So I feel pretty confident in starting Cal Quantrill tonight. On the other side, Jeffrey Springs, I think you're, you are you got to be pretty confident starting him. He's had a great season. Now, I wasn't that confident earlier in the year in him, mostly because some of his stats were kind of indicating he was due for some regression. High left on base percentage, uh, which I think for a while was like 94, 95% or something like that, which is just not sustainable. It's really not. He had a very low BABIP for a while, which I think is, is more corrected now, but He's just the standard example of raised pitchers who just come in there and, and dominate. And maybe dominate's a bit too strong of a word, but a 257 ERA, a 1.10 whip, more strikeouts than innings pitched, 136, uh, excuse me, 136 strikeouts and 126 innings. He's been fantastic now against Cleveland. I'm not going to be too, too worried here. They can pop off. Cleveland absolutely can pop off offensively. But this time of season, you're really not looking at so many great options. You're looking at the last few days. I mean, that's exactly a week, I guess, left in your season. You kind of have to just take the best opportunities you have available to you. you got to ask yourself, if you're not going to start Jeffrey Springs here or either of these guys, uh, talking about Quantrill as well, is there somebody that you could fill in there who would make a lot of sense uh, otherwise, whether it be someone that you were going to bench maybe, that you were thinking about benching, or that you can add off of waivers you're probably not going to find so many better options. There might be in some leagues you might get lucky, but for the most part, I think you're going to have to trust your trust your guys here and start both of these guys. And I, I wouldn't worry too much about it either. But let's talk about the next game here. We'll talk about the Marlins and the Brewers. We got Braxton Garrett and Eric Lauer. Now I think both of these guys should be starts. Braxton Garrett, I know I've I've talked him up a couple times this year in articles and on podcasts. And granted. 
he's had some up and down. Like we've seen, you know, six, seven shutout innings from the guy at times. We've also seen games where he's allowed five earned runs and just gotten blown up. But for the year as a whole, 15 starts, 15 games, uh, 352 ERA, a 1.16 whip, good strikeout numbers. Uh, overall, he's put together a pretty solid year. He's coming off of three straight good starts in a row. I mean, the Texas one, you could kind of argue either way, four and two-thirds, two hits, two earned runs. It wasn't bad, but for the whole here over these last few starts, he has really looked good. And Milwaukee is another offensive team where they don't really scare me necessarily. There are certain things. They're third in home runs. Yeah, that's kind of scary. But, I mean, 21st in hits, 22nd in average. Um, they're 10th in OPS. They're kind of just okay. That I mean, they're not a bad offense by any by any means, but they're not an offense where you you know stay away from streaming batters against them because they're so good or something like that. Like they're not in that in that class. I'd feel pretty okay here using Braxton Garrett. On the other side, Eric Lauer. I have a few shares of Eric Lauer in the leagues where I still have them going until the end of the season. Actually, I think all the leagues that I have that are still going on, uh, I have Eric Lauer on those rosters. Now he's not been somebody who I've had a hell of a lot of confidence in recently, for sure. I did talk about him. Uh, I think it was when I was on Baseball HQ Radio, actually, and I had to give uh, a name of someone who I thought might hinder you down the stretch a little bit. And I, and I was talking about Eric Lauer that day because the expected stats are kind of high. Uh, he's just, uh, I don't know, he's not that great, really, strikeout-wise. Um, the ERA's ratios are okay. He's just, I don't know, he's kind of overvalued, I think, Eric Lauer. Like, he had a good stretch earlier in the season. Uh, in April, for a while, he looked good, and then kind of looks like shit for a while, and then he looked good. It's It's been an up-and-down season for him. But overall, I think he's a very highly rostered player who was kind of kind of iffy down the stretch here going in, and you could kind of foresee that with some of the matchups, the Dodgers at Colorado, at Cincinnati. It was it, There was a warning signs all over the place with Eric Lauer. But here against Miami, I'll make the same argument that I made before in terms of are there going to be better options for you to start today than Eric Lauer? He can still give you some strikeouts. There are times when he's given you as many as, I think, a season high as nine strikeouts. Actually, no, sorry. He had 13 strikeouts uh, back in April. I'd forgotten about that. 13 on April 24th and then 11 on April 30th. We haven't really seen those numbers continue uh, going forward this season. We've seen eight, nine, seven, six. We've seen as low as two and three. So it's not like you know you're going to be getting a lot of strikeouts. They have fallen off fairly considerably since that early season run. But against the Miami offense, that is that is brutal. They are they are terrible. Uh, I wouldn't worry so much here about Eric Lauer, specifically in your deeper leagues where you don't have really any options. Uh, I think I'd be totally fine. Now, he's probably already going to be on rosters, Eric Lauer. But uh, let's take a look real quick. Actually, he's fallen off quite a bit, roster percentages. He's down to 43%. Wow. He's a guy who, for most of the season, has been in the 60s and 70s, but he has plummeted recently. So you probably can find yourself Eric Lauer in most cases. I'd be, I'd be pretty all right with it, as nervous as it makes me against Miami here. Like I said, he's had some, he's had some tough matchups recently. I mean, he did well against the Dodgers a couple times, and then he did poorly at Colorado, at Cincy. I'd be fairly confident in Eric Lauer tonight, i got to be honest. But I don't want to spend too much time on him. Let's move on and talk about the next game, the Athletics and the Angels. We do have a Shohei start tonight. Shohei Otani and Cole Irvin. Let's start with Shohei. He's more interesting anyway. Let's just rhyme off the season stats here real quick on the mound. So 26 games, all starts. He's 14-8 and eight with a 2.47 ERA, a 1.07 whip, 203 strikeouts. And, I mean, that's 
those are the main numbers there. 247, a 107 whip, 203 Ks, and 153 innings. Just for fun, I'll read off the batting stats. In 150 games, 34 homers, 93 RBIs, 11 steals. Now, he's been caught nine times. Something that I didn't, I wasn't really aware of, but 11 stolen bases and he's been caught nine times. That's kind of a lot. Not really great from the percentages. Uh, last season, he stole 26 bases. He, he got caught 10 times. So he's kind of known to, to get caught stealing there, but only stealing 11 bases. I mean, crap. It's probably the only kind of somewhat complaint you can have about Shohei this year is that there haven't been as many steals as you would have want. But I mean... Uh, I, I can't really sit here and complain about Shohei Otani, what he's done. The dude has been remarkable. I mean, I've been on the Judge MVP train for for a while. For most of the season, I've said the Judge was the MVP. I've gone back and forth a little bit, but more so that was earlier on. But at the same time, if they were to give it to Shohei, you can't really stand up there and make an argument to say that he's not the best player in baseball. Maybe, you know, uh, and the, the thing is with that Major League MVP is that there's no strictly defined... Uh, definition. When you look at other sports, usually you say that there's, even if you just look up like on Wikipedia or wherever, what is the you know NFL MVP, NHL MVP? It's the player who contributed, blah, blah, blah. The player who did this, the player who was whatever. But in Major League Baseball, there's no directly defined uh, way that they give out MVP because it's kind of really subjective. And you know, Shohei Otani could, could still win. Like he's not going to win but I wouldn't have really any problem with it, just seeing what he's done. And how he gets to start here against Oakland tonight, you've got to assume that those numbers will just get a little bit better here. The fact that he has more than 200 strikeouts, the fact that he has 34, probably will end up with 35-plus home runs, it's, it's ridiculous. We've never, we've never seen a guy do anything like this. So, yes, obviously, uh, he is going to be a fine, probably the best option you're going to have tonight on the slate if you're playing DFS. Pretty chalky option against uh, Cole Irvin in Oakland. But he's probably going to be, let me just take a quick look. I don't think anybody else, maybe Carlos Rodon at home against the Rockies would be expensive as well. But Shohei should probably be the top of the pile there, and it it totally makes sense. His counterpart tonight will be Cole Irvin, who is someone I've gone back and forth on quite a bit this year. But it's at the point where you you can't really be using him in fantasy. There was a time uh, in July and, and heading into early August where he was just absolutely dominant he faced the Astros three times, three or four times even earlier in the year, and he just wiped them away. Toronto, same thing, eight innings against Toronto, seven innings multiple times against uh, Houston and the Angels, and he just was so good for a month plus, and you're thinking it doesn't even matter that he doesn't really strike guys out. It doesn't matter that he plays for Oakland. He was just so good, and then it all fell apart on August 14th against those same Astros, five earned runs. Next time it was five earned runs against Seattle. And then five earned runs at Washington, nine against Atlanta. Last time out, it was four against Houston. And then the most recent start was the piece de resistance was four and two-thirds, 11 hits, eight earned runs, a homer, and only three strikeouts. Really, really just an awful month plus for Cole Irvin after being so good. Now, last time he faced these Angels, it was eight innings, one run ball. The time before that, it was six innings of two run ball. It makes you wonder if he could do it a third time, and he probably could. There's a there's a chance, I think, that Cole Irvin could have a very good start tonight, but I don't think that it's going to be worth it with considering the time of year and what you're, what you're staking at this point on this game, which is going to be fantasy championships. Maybe not so directly this particular game, but Cole Irvin, I just uh, rhymed off a couple of really bad outings. If he has one of those outings, eight, nine earned runs, that's the entire season right there. Goodbye. So I'd be very careful if you do want to use Cole Irvin tonight. Uh, I like him more at home. 
I, it's it's very very risky uh, here in Los Angeles, especially against Shohei Otani. The odds of a win are very slim. I'd be probably just be leaving him alone on waiver wires. The next game we got here is going to be Texas and Seattle. John Gray and Marco Gonzalez. We'll start Marco Gonzalez. Now, if you guys have been listening to the show this year, you know how I feel about Marco Gonzalez. I don't think that he belongs on really any fantasy team outside of the deepest of leagues. He doesn't give you a hell of a lot of production. I mean, the ratios are okay. 405 ERA, 133 whip. Really nothing to write home about. Slightly below average. And then the, the, the strikeouts are really the kicker. 94 strikeouts in 171 innings. Awful. I mean, 10 wins and 30 starts. You'll take it, I guess. It's it's fine. I mean, they, this day and age, double-digit wins are not that easy to come by. But I think he's more of a real-life, decent back-end guy. He's a fine fifth starter for the Mariners, right? They've got four solid guys ahead of him. He's, he's a fine guy to throw out there every fifth day. Hell, if the Blue Jays had him, I'd be fine throwing him out there every fifth day, seeing what we've gotten this year with Barrios and Kikuchi and Mitch White. I would, I would die to have Marco Gonzalez truly on the Blue Jays staff. But in terms of a fantasy option, he doesn't really do that much for you. The best-case scenario for him is probably, like, absolute best-case scenario is, like, six or seven innings of, let's call it one or two-run ball with, like, two or three strikeouts. Absolute best-case. So I don't know that that's going to really be doing it for most people. Maybe your strikeouts are already completely secured. You are fine for strikeouts, and all you really need to worry about is just getting a little bit of a boost here uh, with your ratio. So in that case, maybe you'd consider it, but I would only do it in a, in a much deeper league. John Gray on the other side, I feel a lot more confident with him. I talked about him a couple days ago as being somebody that's probably one of the best streamers here over the next couple days. I did it on Tuesday, and we talked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday streamers. John Gray was one of the guys that I pointed out. Now, he has come back and made three appearances since coming off of the injured list. None of them have been particularly deep outings. I think he'll have a little bit more of a leash today. He went three and two-thirds, then four and a third, then five. And last time, five innings, just one hit. Now, only one strikeout as well, which is something that should correct itself. We saw him before he got hurt really start to pick up those strikeout numbers in June and July. And then he unfortunately had to miss a lot of time. So it, it killed the momentum that he was having. He needs to kind of work that back up. But I think the matchup here is probably strong enough where you're going to be starting John Gray in most formats. Maybe not every single format, maybe in certain 10-teamers or whatever you wouldn't. But I really like John Gray tonight here against Seattle. Now, this next game, we only have one announced starter. It's going to be Bruce Gratterall going for uh, the Dodgers. Sorry, it's the Dodgers and the Padres here in San Diego. Bruce Gratterall, he's going to be an opener type here. He's going to throw an inning, maybe two innings. There's no need to add him here for fantasy purposes. Now, on the San Diego side, I was trying to figure out through Twitter what was going to be happening um, with their starting pitching because there's nothing announced today. According to some beat writers um, who cover the team, they have not announced the starter. Uh, there's a chance it might be you, Darvish, but there is nothing that is confirmed as of right now on who's going to be starting for the Padres. So maybe they go for a bullpen day. Maybe they go with – I'm really not too sure. Uh, a couple of beat writers are saying they, they should start Darvish here, but I don't know that they will at this point. It's 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 up in the air. But in terms of that game, I'm going to be staying away from streaming Gratterall. Yeah, he's a good pitcher, but he's not going to give you more than an inning or two. Not going to be really worthwhile for fantasy purposes. And on the other side, if it's Darvish, then it's Darvish, and you, you'd probably, well, maybe you'd start him against the Dodgers. It's kind of a risky one. 
But if it's not Darvish, then it'll be a bullpen day for them as well. And then there's going to be really no need to be worried about uh, about adding in anybody for fantasy. The last game of the evening that we do have here is going to be the Rockies and the Giants. Carlos Rodon will get the start for San Francisco. Now, he's had some problems recently with a blister. That could be troublesome here for fantasy managers. Maybe you got, you know, a finite number of starts you can use for the week or whatever. You throw out Rodon, and he goes like two innings and then, you know, hurts the blister again. It's possible, but I think given the matchup and everything else, you probably have to start him. He's coming off of a bad one, four earned runs and three walks in four innings against Arizona, or four and a third innings. Really not ideal for him. When you look at the product as a whole for the season, though, with Carlos Rodon, 30 starts, a 13-8 and record, a 298 ERA, 105 whip, 227 strikeouts in 172 innings. He's done a fantastic job this season. Now, recently, you kind of have to attribute the not great game uh, last time out and before, not really going so deep either, probably because of this blister, you're not really going to read too much into it. San Francisco, I don't think, has any chance of getting into the playoffs at this point. I haven't followed up on the National League standings here in a couple days, but I don't think there's any chance that they can sneak in, right? Have they officially eliminated? Uh, it's not mathematical yet, but San Francisco is not going to the playoffs, so I don't really know if they're going to push Rodon. He does have that opt-out at the end of the year. Maybe they just don't care what happens with him. They figure he's going to be gone anyway. I think there is some risk associated with starting him here, but I think at the end of the day, you kind of you kind of just have to because of the opponent. Uh, in most cases, you're going to pretty much just have to start him. On the other side, Ryan Feltner for Colorado for the season. He's been really bad. 5-9-1 ERA, 1-4-3 whip, uh, eight, 75 strikeouts in 85 innings. Now, his last couple starts have been okay. Uh, last time, five innings, two earned runs against San Diego. Before that, it was five and a third, three earned runs against Chicago. The strikeout numbers aren't really there. The matchup is just fine, I guess. Uh, walks have been a bit of an issue for him recently. I'm not going to be really interested here. Uh, I mean, it's Ryan Feltner. I don't think I need to justify this one too much. It's pretty clear that Ryan Felter, Feltner is not going to be the greatest of streamers. Maybe some of you will say it's away from Coors. You know, uh, he can do a decent job away from home or whatever the arguments might be. I think he's just a little bit too risky for me. And I'd be staying away. Even in a deeper league, I think Ryan Feltner is probably not going to really be worth it. I do want to take a quick look here at the waiver wire, and we'll just talk about some of the hot uh, hitter ads because we just talked about all the pitchers. Those are pretty much the guys you're going to be seeing getting added here. Uh, John Gray, Braxton Garrett is another one we're seeing getting added a lot. Ranger Suarez was added a lot. Eric Lauer in certain cases. And even Jeffrey Springs in some leagues. And that's the beauty of the last week of the season, right? Like I've said a couple times here. You don't have to worry about competing with 10 or 11 or whatever, 14 other teams for your waiver pickups. So just one other person you're going to be fighting against in your championship. Maybe it's fab. Maybe they don't have any money left. Maybe all the guys are just yours. Who knows? But there are definitely more options right now than you would have during any other week of the regular season or even any other week of the playoffs because this is when there are the fewest teams still competing. But you guys already know that. We've already talked about pitchers. So I just want to talk about a couple of batters who have been added up more so than the others today. Ryan De La Cruz, he is the number one ad uh, in terms of our position players. Over the last two weeks, he is the number four ranked player, number nine over this last week. He's 12 for his last 19, 19 for his last 42. You got to add him if you need any kind of help offensively. If there's one guy who's really struggling or hurt or whatever, you need to just be adding in the hottest players right now. De La Cruz has a series coming up here for against Milwaukee, which is kind of not the greatest for... Um, for matchups because they got some solid pitchers in Milwaukee, but I'm still that kind of hot streak right now. 
there's not too many players who can who can boast that kind of thing. 19 for the last 42 with four home runs. That's incredible stuff. He's batting in the middle of the lineup, not the greatest of lineups, sure. But I'd be adding up Brian Dela Cruz if you need a little bit of a boost in batting average. He can hit you some home runs. And maybe there's a chance that he can steal you a couple of bases. He does have three steals this year. It's not going to be like, you know, crazy number of steals, Bubba Thompson, John Birdie kind of thing. But maybe he gets you one or two, just a little bit of an added uh, incentive there. Tristan Cassis, he's also been added up. Now, he's playing most days for Boston. Not every single day. We've seen him get a couple of off days. But he's playing most of the time here. He's usually batting six. Over the last week, he is eight for 20. Uh, seven runs, three homers, and six RBIs. Corner infield eligibility makes him a little bit even more attractive than Brian Dela Cruz, I think. But the same argument is going to apply for every position player right now. Add them in while they're hot, as long as the matchups aren't like just awful. You know, like we've seen um, the Braves and the Mets are going to be facing off against each other. There's going to be some really tough matchups for Braves hitters there specifically. I mean, for both sides really. But for Braves hitters, they got to face Degrom on Friday. They got to face uh, Scherzer on Saturday, and then they got to face Chris Bassett on Sunday. So uh, a fringy guy on the Braves, or even on the other side on the Mets, because they don't have it that easy themselves either. They get Freed, Kyle Wright, and then Charlie Morton. Maybe you avoid uh, those particular fringe players, but I think for the most part, you just add in the hottest guys that you can right now. Another guy who's doing pretty damn well is Oswaldo Cabrera for the Yankees. Shortstop and outfield eligibility. He scored a couple of runs last night. He's been stealing bases. He's hit a couple of home runs. He's getting regular playing time, and last night they actually moved him up. He batted second. So if that's something that continues the rest of the season, right behind Aaron Judge or however it is that they worked out that top of the order, I'm going to be pretty confident in Oswaldo Cabrera having some kind of fantasy value here. So go ahead and grab him. He's up to 32% rostered, but at this point of the year, I don't even rhyme those off so much because there's so few people playing. It's not really an accurate representation of what should be going on. But Oswaldo Cabrera should be available still, and you guys should go and take a look into adding him anyway. Last guy that we will get into today is Josh Young. Young as in J-U-N-G, the third baseman for the Rangers. He's been pretty damn good recently over the last week. He's batting 6 for 22, two homers, six RBIs, and a stolen base. Uh, Since he's come up to the bigs, he's had 70 at-bats. Five homers, 12 RBIs, two steals. Really solid production. He's batting fourth, fifth, or sixth in that order. It's not the greatest of lineups, but it's not terrible either with Lau and with Semyon and with Seeker. It's not bad. Adolis Garcia, like it's, it's, they got, they're going to be cooking with gas next season, I think, uh, over in Texas. Right now, Young has done a pretty good job. If you need someone to plug in there, third base or corner infield the rest of the season, I think that he's probably about as good of an option as you're going to find. Those are the main guys I'm looking to add position player-wise because they're the hottest players right now, and they're they're still mostly widely available. And I will just say it one last time. Just go for the hottest players right now. You don't need to show loyalty to guys who you're hoping might turn it around and, you know, maybe maybe they'll do a little bit better in the next week or so. Like, there's some guys, like, who's a good example here? Um, let's see, like even Corbin Carroll, who I I really like Corbin Carroll. I think he's going to be a great ball player, but he's not really performing right now. He's still sitting every now and again. Sometimes he bats seventh, sometimes he's eighth, sometimes he's first, but he's not really producing. He's nine for his last 42. We haven't really seen that much power at all since he's been here. He's got the three home runs, but nothing in the last couple of weeks. He's, he's someone that you're probably all right to be moving on from at the very least. I mean, he doesn't really need to be starting. Tommy Edmond is another one. I know Tommy Edmond can just kind of pop off at any given time, but right now he's really struggling. Now he gets that Pittsburgh pitching staff coming up, so maybe you don't sit him, but 
he's been brutal. He's two for his last 17, eight for his last 42. I mean, it's it's tough to make those kind of decisions this time of year with your established kind of star players. Whether you start them or not, just because you drafted them high. And for the most part, i got to have to say no. You draft or you start the guys who are producing right now for you. It doesn't matter how much you invested in them in March. If they're not doing it for you right now, then it's probably not worth it. And I know it'll be hard to, to sit certain guys. Like Tommy Edmund would be a hard guy to sit. But if it's him versus somebody who's completely smoking right now, if it's Tommy Edmund or Oswaldo Cabrera... I, I would have trouble with that one, and I probably would default right now to Cabrera. But this is something that you guys have to figure out because I've said this before as well. You, no one else can make these decisions for you this last week of the season. You got to go with what makes you feel confident, something that you can you know set the lineups, and whatever happens, you'll feel okay looking back on it the next day. And maybe you start your guys because you don't want to have to sit them and then look back and say, oh, Tommy Edmund. You know, I sat him and then, you know, he hit two home runs, stole four bases, and I lost. Maybe you'd rather go out with your first team on the field, essentially, as opposed to trying to get too fancy with it. There are some people who will rather go that way as opposed to, you know, I'm going to sit Juan Soto and stream in somebody who's hot. There are, There's so many different ways to do this, but at the end of the day, it's got to be up to you guys. Whatever makes you comfortable. You guys paid your league fees. You know the people in your league, and you're going to have to live with it. So listen to podcasts read articles, absorb content online, on Twitter, wherever. But at the end of the day, uh, trust your own gut and make the decision that makes you feel the most comfortable. But guys, I am going to leave it there. Once again, I do really appreciate everybody continuing to tune in this time of year. I know it's got to be hard for some of you. Either you just lost your championships or you know, you're know maybe you're just getting a little bit tired of baseball, but you're still trying to support the channel. I really appreciate that as well. If you guys download, subscribe, and do all that good stuff, that would make me very happy. But what would make me even happier is if you guys go and follow at EthosFantasyBB, JoeOrico99 as well. But go ahead and hit up at EthosFantasyBB. We're trying to grow that account into something hopefully fairly substantial for next season in terms of our articles and our podcasts. We are bringing on more people here every single day. Please do send me a message. And please do go get yourself an Ethos360 membership while you still can with your discount code Brupon, that's going to be active, I believe, until the end of today. Uh, it's it's going to be going pretty quickly. So go on to sportsethos.com, hover over the premium tab. You get all those packages. But if you go and get the Ethos 360 right now, you guys will get the first month free, $20 off. It is completely worth it. You get all of the great stuff that we have over at Sports Ethos, the Fantasy Pass, the DFS Pass, the Wager Pass, and the Brewski 150. And you get one month free. So I mean, if you haven't done it already, I don't know what you're doing with yourselves. Go ahead, get into fantasy basketball. If you haven't, I mean, there's only a couple weeks left until the season starts. I'm going to start getting into that myself quite a bit more. I'm starting to do some mock drafts and things like that, start to absorb some content, start looking at these lists that we put out here on Sports Ethos. But the only way you can do that, go to our website and get yourself a membership. So, guys, that will do it. I'll leave you there. Best of luck in your championships. We have officially one week to go in the season. Hope you guys win everything that you possibly can, and best of luck. Cheers, guys.